Hi everybody, uh, new episode of the Phoenix MMA Podcast, this is a special one, uh, Habib uh, Connor fight, this the, tonight actually, so this is Saturday recording this, um, prediction, um, just gonna get, put my prediction down and uh, the reason for why I've come to that, uh, the conclusion that I've come to. Um, and just a couple different things. First thing, uh, just check off with it is, um, remember, um, if you want to, if you haven't submitted your pick yet, um, submit it either. You can write a message on Facebook. I'll put a post up on our Facebook and Instagram page as well for people to submit their picks. I'll do it right when I get done recording this podcast. And once I post this so that everybody can, um, can post their things. If you want to keep your prediction private, you can do that as well and just write either a Facebook message, a text message, or an Instagram message. Um, but um, I'm actually going to go over that too. Be cool with everybody's predictions because um, uh, you want to think of these. The whole point of this is it's an exercise. Um, that was the point for for this to be an exercise. Um, you know, lots of times, uh, lots of times people don't like to think in high resolution. Um, but uh, it, and it just might be that you know if. If you haven't been training or you just started training, you might not uh, understand all the variables yet, you know, so, you know, but thinking of high resolution when it comes to fights is one, it's fun. Um, it's your, your skill will, your skill will get better as you do it. Um, but if you're going to compete yourself and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or boxing or Muay Thai, whatever you're going to do, or MMA, uh, learning how to study tape and uh, learning how to, when you see a fight, um, learning how to break it down and, uh, you know, just see it in a higher resolution as opposed to just a simplistic, um, answer. Um, that was the whole point of this exercise. It was to, to exercise your brain, make you, make you use your brain, make you think and, uh, come up with a theory. And then, and then tonight, that's what's so exciting about fighting is it's so hard to know what's going to happen. It's a one-on-one sport. It's a one-on-one sport where literally two seconds can, can end the whole thing so football games are very exciting it's just if if it's you know if there's if the score is 50 to 7 like there's you know or whatever a large margin like that and there's two minutes left in the game there's no way that it's that it's going to change uh fighting though somebody can be winning three rounds in a row and then round four get clipped and just and be you know unconscious before they hit the canvas so um there's there's an exciting special little like you know exciting thing about it it's got its own unique feel to it um but put your predictions in uh, be cool with everybody's predictions because again think of uh think of these predictions as an exercise almost like sparring in class um nobody likes the the tap and tail you know if you're you get some submissions and you know you're whatever and the the reason why you don't want to do that is you in the gym we need every we need everybody to be able to train in a uh competitive but um good environment and uh we need in the gym for people to be able to make mistakes and open up because if you don't open up in the gym and try new things and you're never going to you're going to stifle your growth you're going to stunt your growth so um same thing with these predictions you know normal um it kind of drives me crazy and I'm going to give you a couple of references as well if you're looking for better quality um outlets to to kind of um, listen to MMA or like fight breakdowns for fights and stuff. Um, you know, I, I make fun of ESPN all the time and the, the skip and Shannon Sharp show like that. It's just, it's just like, it's, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Honestly, it's like the, it's like the Jerry Springer, um, of, I don't know. I, I don't watch it unless it has something to do with an MMA fight. But every time uh, I listen to it, it's, it just reminds me of just the Jerry Springer or like the the Jersey Shore version of um, of a sports of a fight breakdown. It's just it's so oversimplistic. There's not good details and and lots of the things will just. 
they'll be thrown out for no reason and they they'll raise their voice so they'll go back and forth and i think during commercial breaks they probably laugh at each other and like shake hands and buddies or whatever but they just they do it they 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 know that people um people naturally like they, they play off of oxytocin oxytocin makes you uh people that you feel like are are in your you know tribe so to speak um oxytocin makes you feel uh, more of a bond to them and someone that you perceive that is not in your tribe like a different football team or somebody else another you know picking another fight or something like that oxytocin when it elevates it actually causes more hostility and aggression um, against somebody that you perceive is not in your tribe so to speak so um, I think those shows are just they just do a disservice it's kind of it's annoying um, especially one if you if you like study neuroscience and again I'm not a neuroscientist I have a I have a pretty good friend that's a neuroscientist and works at Vanderbilt and we talk we nerd out on this stuff and talk about it but it's kind of a shame because because uh, I think uh, you know they know what they're doing and if I'm wrong that ESPN is not the one who actually uh, has that show whoever has that show um, so it's not good stuff but I'll give you some good references and then I will put my pick out because even some of these references I'm gonna give you they wouldn't give a pick and that is frustrating I hate when um or it's frustrating with and when experts you're like come on give me a pick you know you got Brennan Shaw so many people that you know, we just won't give an answer. It's like, at least give an answer. It's all right. Um, you know, it's, I think it's silly if, um, there's, there's always a group of people whenever it comes to fights. And now that I've been around it for the last 15 years, there's always a group of people that if you ask them, Hey, who do you think is going to win a fight? They'll say, well, this, this fighter could win this way and this fighter could win this way. And they say, yeah, but, but who do you think is going to win? And they won't give their prediction. And I get it because, you know, people are, people are kind of jerks. You put out a prediction and then if you're wrong, they, they go and try to rub it in your face or anything. Um, I'd rather you come up with a prediction and, um, you know, whatever, as opposed to just saying, oh, well, like these are the two most likely scenarios. It's like, well, okay, really? Like how, how hard was that for you to come up with? That didn't, that took no like nuance or, or thinking or anything like that. And, um, and again, it's not, you know, it's not to rub it in somebody's nose. Cause when I give my prediction, I could be completely wrong, completely uh, inaccurate in this or, um, but, uh, it's nothing like that. It's just, it's just fun to kind of break down, you know, people will break down how a wide receiver is going to match up against like a, a corner or a certain safety or something like that. That's just the, the, this is just the MMA version of that where you break it down and you study film and stuff like that. But it's really fun. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so some better resources than I get my pick. Uh, the resources I got, um, these are just, this is just a short list. There's more people, um, than just this, but these are some of my favorite people. And, uh, if, um, if you want to get good breakdowns on fights and, um, good technical breakdowns, uh, I would, I would say they're going to increase your fight, um, your fight IQ, your fight knowledge just by, uh, listening to these people because they're, they're really good um, they're really good trainers. They're really good coaches, really good martial artists. Um, and, uh, and you're going to get now they don't all agree with each other. They will have opposing opinions, but, but they're, the things will be well thought out and they'll, they'll have facts and they'll have details to back it up for the reason why. But as opposed to just, you know, again, I'm just going to pick on the skip and the Shannon Sharp show and they'll, they'll go back and forth and they'll like say something like how, heart like that you know they just they'll use words that are just really vague and it's like come on you you can do better than that if you're getting paid millions of dollars like at least put some research into it like at least you know really understand what you're talking about um but i don't think that's what that show's about but if you want to see something that does like uh some different shows that are going to give you good stuff um top of the list i would probably go and this i put on top of the list for a reason dan hardy dan hardy was a former uh walter weight ufc fighter um from England. He fought George St. Pierre for the title. Uh, 
back now, 2007 or eight or something around there. I'm not exactly sure, but somewhere around that time frame, maybe like 2007. And he gave George St. Pierre a good fight, a good run. And then he had a, he had a genetic kind of just freak thing, heart condition that stopped him where the UFC wouldn't allow him to fight. But, um, he is an amazing analyst. Um, and, and he's primarily a, a kickboxer striker, especially his breakdowns when it comes to kickboxing and striking. It's great. Now he, you know, if you watch his stuff, it is detailed. Like it, if you like detail, check out Dan Hardy's stuff. I think on his Habib versus Connor fight, I think it's, I think his breakdown's like 55 minutes long. Um, but he gives great breakdowns detailed. And again, it's a fight. So you never 100% know exactly what's going to happen. Not if it's a well-matched fight. If it's a very well-matched fight, it's very hard to predict because you, in theory, you have number one and number two in the world. And, um, because it's a one-on-one sport, um, it is very hard even for the number one to, to, um, to go on like a 10 year reign, like, um, George St. Pierre did, uh, Anderson Silva did, um, Josie Alde did. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, different thing about team sports is if you're having a bad day, you know, another player on your team could have a good day and they could in video game world, world, they call it caring. So if you're having an off day, then you're, you're, you know, another team member could carry you. Um, and then if they're having a bad day and you're on fire, you know, you can carry them. So, but it doesn't exist in one-on-one sports. So it's, it's very, very difficult to stay on top for the longest time. Um, but um, yeah, Dan Hardy is going to give great detail, really good stuff. You will learn by uh, like every time I see a Dan Hardy thing, like that's awesome, really good. You'll you'll learn by studying it. But it's going to take time. You know, it's not a five minute video. It, Dan Hardy stuff is going to be forty five minutes long, fifty five minutes long. If you really enjoy the 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 nuance, intricacies of of fighting, um, and the the details and the the technique, then you'll you'll probably enjoy it. But Dan Hardy, um, next one is Frost a hobby. Uh, he has a, his channel. If you're looking for it, it's called the. It's on YouTube. It's called the TriStar Gym Channel. So he is George St. Pierre's coach. Um, yeah, Frost. Frost is very good. Um, very good coach. Has you know multiple UFC fighters. George St. Pierre's coach and um, very good detail. He's very skilled in 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 all aspects. He's a black belt um, and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, he came from the John Don Her and Henzo Gracie uh, lineage and. Um, He's also very good at, uh, he has good wrestling. Um, he's very well-rounded, very good coach. And uh, I believe his, I believe his education is in philosophy. I think that's what his degree is in, is in philosophy. But Frost has good, uh, technical breakdowns and his stuff's free too. Um, so check it out. It's cool stuff. Robin Black also well, is very good. Robin Black, I think is more creative than Dan Hardy and Frost Sahavi. And he has, um, he has his own thing, but but still his stuff is interesting and it's, it's fun to listen to and he will have good stuff. He's also fought, he's a MMA journalist, um, good stuff. And then, um, Chael Sonnen. Um, so there's more journalists, but I was trying to keep it to, um, people that are fighters or coaches. There's, there's more people in this, but Chael Sonnen, Chael Sonnen will have some really good insight on things and I'm not going to regurgitate his video and, and act like it's my ideas or anything. Cause he did a great video. If you go on YouTube and you put Chael Sonnen, uh, intangibles, it's, um, he did a great breakdown on the intangibles between both fighters. Um, and, and again, if it, you know, there, there's people that have been training for years and don't think of these things. Uh, but if you listen to that one, watch, watch or listen to that video, Chell Sonnen does really cool breakdowns with some of the things. And he, um, and, and what you'll notice with Dan Hardy, Frost, Harvey, Robin Black, Chell Sonnen, uh, all four of these guys, 
are very, very educated. They're, they're, all of them are experts in the field. And when it comes to this fight, they couldn't get a, it, it was very hard for them to just give a clear cut answer. Um, and the reason why is the more educated you get on something, it's actually a little bit more, sometimes it's more difficult because it's a close fight. Now, if, if you practice this, and the best thing to practice it with is with hard opponents, and this is a hard opponent if you're trying to study film, it's very difficult, um, and that's the point of this exercise, you will eventually, there will be easy fights or easy matchups that you will be able to predict um, if you can look at the styles and things like that. And there's always a wild card chance as well. But the point of this is if, if you're a jiu-jitsu student, a boxing, Muay Thai kickboxing, MMA, um, this is just an exercise because what you'll do is you will start doing that to, uh, to when you study film, either opponents in jiu-jitsu or kickboxing. Um, and you might think, hey, I'm going to do a tournament Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm not going to be able to study people. If you go to the really big tournaments, you will. You'll, you'll be able to find some footage. You know, When you get to the Pan American Games, the, Na the Brazilian Nationals, the European Open, the World Championships, there will be footage to study. Um, but also, but in the lower level, when you're just talking about local tournaments as a white belt and a blue belt, you're actually going to use this against yourself. So you're going to, you, you break down and you study yourself. Um, and that, that way, and you, but you have to practice it and, um, so that you can break down yourself. And if you do that, then you can point out what your weaknesses are and you can adjust your schedule and you can adjust your rounds. You know, if you're, if you say, Hey, I have a really bad bottom half guard and my opponent's on the left side of my body half guard. Um, so if you, if you recognize that and you address it, then you can, then you can fix it in your sparring. And, you know, you just ask your partner, Hey, do you care if, start on this side um so that you get some work in um so anyway we all have um we all have weaknesses or holes that we need to work on so it's just a little tool to be able to see it um but yeah check out that intangibles video it's very very good um it's the other thing you're going to notice with dan hardy frasavi robin black chelsonen is um if you like the tv show like um i has again i'm a it's you know I think it's just jerk television. It's like jerk TV, like people that, um, you know, I don't know, are frustrated and just like to be rude to people for no reason. I don't like that. I, for the most part, my social life, like, I don't hang out with people like that. I don't uh, battle with them or anything. But if you're a rude person and you're just kind of one of those people, I just distance myself from you. Um, I think uh, you can be just cordial, polite, respectful to people, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's a a good thing to look forward uh, to, but all of these people, they're really high, high ex experts. Uh, they don't insult Connor or Habib. They, ins they insult neither one of them. Um, so that's, that's one of my little warning cues. If I hear like emotional insults and stuff about a fighter, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. This person is either trying to, if they're a media person, they're trying to manipulate the media or the uh, viewers um, by causing an emotional response so that they'll get more clicks on their video or more viewership. Or they don't have a detailed, nuanced understanding of of the the, the fight of the sport. So um, it's a shame because some really good athletes will go down that road just to make a lot of money. They'll just they'll do the insult game stuff like that. But um, but you know yeah at I, you know I've at NASCAR races you know some people go and um, they really enjoy the race. They're really really they're really interested in what's going to happen. But there's always some people that go there for the race um, that just want to see a car wreck. And it's like, really? Um, 
you really just want to see a car wreck, like, uh, potentially, you know, the potentially somebody could die every time there's a car wreck. So, um, anyway, just a little bit different way to look at it. Um, look up the intangibles one and that now I'm going to start getting my actual breakdown. Another one that you want to check out is, um, is a YouTube page. This one is, uh, it's wild. It's called Alpaca Thesaurus, Alpaca Thesaurus. So that sounds weird, but if you check it, he did a, Alpaca Thesaurus did a very good job on uh, breaking down Conor McGregor, um, and he found what he was doing is he, he uh, Habib and Conor both, he took 10 of their fights where they weighed in on the scale, and he broke them down into 10-second clips um, to see if he could find something. Alpaca the source, for the most part, breaks down body language and um, and things with fighters, things like that, to try to predict, predict things. His is uh, cool as well. But uh, he found something. He found a deviation in the behavior pattern of Conor McGregor when he weighs in. And um, if you check that one out, it's uh, it's really good. I think it's called overconfidence. But essentially, it's in all of Conor's fights where where he does very well and he and he wins. He fights really well. He um, he acts very serious when he gets on the scale. And then when he weighs in, he, he does his flex and he does this kind of Irish like cry, like yell, like battle cry thing. In his first fight against Nate Diaz when he came in, he was um, just looking really arrogant. He was like chewing his gum, uh, acting like you know wasn't serious when he weighed in and stuff. He had a big smirk on his face, and then he had so um, the guy broke it down where he thought that was a, a indicator of um, overconfidence, and um, and the the reason why he does that is that you can you can figure out somebody's baseline by seeing how they act in a specific moment, and it's crazy when you see it. Nine out of ten times on the weigh-ins, he acts very similar the same type thing and then that one out of ten times where he was a little overconfident and everybody saw what happened um when he was overconfident uh but um because connor always people might think that he's overconfident um connor uses his tongue as a as a weapon to to make people get um uh more makes people get uh too offensive so he can counter you um, cause he has a one punch knockout. So, uh, but yeah, check that one out. Um, again, you know, just think about, I'm going to post this, but you know, post your stuff. If you want to keep it private, feel free, keep it private, send a message or whatever. But, um, you know, don't be, don't be, don't be that guy. Don't be the one that like, Oh, see, I told you it's like, okay, like, right, yeah, look, that's cause it, it's the same thing as when you're in sparring it's, you know, so you land an arm bar or something you're like, ha see, I got the arm bar. It's like, just know, like, uh, people are coming after you, then, uh, you know, for the rest of your sparring sessions, but it's also just not productive, because we need people to be able to open up, and, uh, need to be able to, you know, have a conversation, and, uh, try to break down film, so we're gonna see if somebody could, somebody could get it, but, um, but yeah, and, uh, and especially, this is one of my actual pet peeves, if you're one of those people that will not pick who, who you think's gonna win, then you, you're the, you're the person that really can't make fun of anybody. Um, you got to at least, you know, I hate, that one's really annoying. Somebody won't make a pick. They'll say this or this, and then they won't make a pick. And then once there's, then once it's over, then they say, it happens all the time. And they say, I told you that was going to happen. It's like, what do you mean you told me? I mean, you, you laid out like the two most likely scenarios, vague scenarios. And then you're like bragging about how you, um, how you told it was going to happen. It's like, okay. Everybody can do that. That's not very hard to do. Um, so congratulations, patting yourself on your shoulder for that. But anyway, uh, so what my actual prediction, I get to it, um, been ranting, but my actual prediction is, and this is very hard pred- to predict, just so you know, um, and I'll stay humble with it, like uh, this, the, op- the exact opposite of this could happen, the, the exact opposite. Um, my pick 
My pick is a fourth round TKO. We'll say uh, around the three minute mark. We'll say three minute mark um, TKO. Um, and I'll break down a little bit more of it. Uh, I think Habib wins. Uh, Habib wins round four TKO. Um, ref stoppage from um, unanswered strikes or um, uh, Connor. I, I what I think it's going to be um, if again if this scenario plays out. What I, what my my prediction because we have to have actual prediction because I could see Connor winning. I saw in the open workouts he was throwing a lot of left hooks and he was throwing a lot of left uppercuts. And Habib, during the open workouts, was shooting with his head on the outside the whole time so that he'd be out of that range of that straight left from Connor, um, which is smart. So, so, But Connor's also smart that he was he's working on the left hook and the left uppercut because he can aim that a little bit easier um, to Habib's uh, jawline if uh, Habib is going into, because he's in southpaw stance, because he, Habib's going to shoot. Habib has good single legs. He's going to shoot. Um, to that to that uh, single leg, and he's doing a head on the outside single, um, and uh, Connor's not going to guillotine Habib. He's not worried about the guillotine. He's just avoiding that straight left. Um, and Connor, uh, it's interesting to see it. Connor's smart too, that the, and his team's smart because they were drilling that left left uh, left hook a lot and left uppercut. Um, the only thing I'm curious about it is with is that Connor's uh, straight left is very very good. I'm curious if his uh, uppercut has the same amount of power and his left hook has the same amount of power as his straight left. And that might sound weird to people, but um, you will, every punch is different. An uppercut is different than a cross. Um, just like every choke is different. A Rinnika choke has different muscle group, different squeeze than a guillotine choke. And, um, so some people can have an amazing guillotine, but their, their Rinnika chokes like decent, um, if that makes sense. So some people can have a great, uh, cross, but their uppercuts kind of, you know, whatever. Um, now uh, Connor landed a hard uppercut on Floyd Mayweather, um, and Floyd ate it. Now those were bigger gloves, and um, and and Floyd as well um, has a has a good chin. So, um, and he's also even when he does get hurt, he has a very good ability to recover in the round. If you uh, watch Maidana, uh, Floyd Mayweather's fight with Maidana, but um, but yeah, I think uh, my prediction is Habib uh, wins. Uh, round four TKO ref stoppage. He'll be in like top half guard, kind of. It's like a mixture of like kind of top half guard, and then he'll also he'll lock a, a triangle or a figure four around your knee. So it'd be kind of like he's in a mix between half guard and mount. He won't go all the way to mount. He'll uh, figure four around your knee so that you can't stand up. It's an interesting thing that Habib has developed. I I haven't seen too many other people do it, um, but Habib does it. It's a uh, he figured out a strategy against um, old school. It used to be if you get taken down, you use your guard. People just stop using their guard and they just turn to their knees to uh, just try to stand up, or they wall walk. Once people learned how to walk up the cage and wall walk, there was a point of time where people did not know how to do that. Um, UFC fighters weren't doing it. Things are constantly being invented and innovated all the time, but uh, Habib has developed that to deal with the wall walk and the stand-up. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. And somebody will come up with a counter to this as well. I mean, who knows? Connor might have figured it out. His camp, they might, you know, he's been working with Dylan Dennis, which is a very good jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. So, you know, perhaps they have developed something specifically against that. That would be a smart thing to do. And uh, Connor and his camp are really smart too. So um, he could have uh, found a counter. But um, so, and, and I think it'll, I think kind of what's going to look similar to is uh, the Michael Johnson fight where um, uh, Michael Johnson was taking a lot of damage, um, but he's very, very tough. Connor's very tough as well. And uh, I, think, I don't think Connor will tap, and um, I don't think he'll submit or give up. And, uh, and I also think because it's a title fight and because it's Connor McGregor, that they would treat him similar to that Pride used to treat Kazushi Sakuraba. 
Um, so it could go really bad. What I mean by Kazushi Sakuraba is they would, because he was a megastar and uh, always would be the main event, they would take a, let him take a tremendous amount of damage before they stopped the fight. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, if my prediction is correct. I would I would predict that um, Connor takes a tremendous amount of damage. Um, people might be mad about the stoppage that it was that it's too late even, um, but they're gonna. I would think that they're gonna let it go. They're not gonna. This is too big a fight to stop it early. So, um, so that could be, and and I actually think why it's a round four stoppage is you know once you get to that point you have really tough individuals where unless you unless you actually put them unconscious they you know Habib like Luke Rockle was saying he just won't tap the stuff so like sometimes people will get to the point where they'll just let their arm break instead of tapping so instead of you know instead of breaking their arm you go to something else and that's that's not a smart thing to do just so you know for training. But when it comes into world championships, you know, Ronaldo Jacare had it where he just let his arm break an arm bar. Um, Connor's going to be, I would predict Connor's like, Connor's very mentally tough. Uh, he's going to be like that with, with punches. And unless Habib can generate enough force to actually put him out, which I don't, I don't foresee that because Connor has a good chin. Uh, multiple of his fights, he does get caught, um, but he hasn't, hasn't been dropped. And, um, Connor, I think, has a very good chin. It allows him to strike the way he does as well, with his hands being uh, pretty far away from his chin and fluid. Um, but um, but I could see the ref stopping it, and I think the stoppage comes from just unanswered strikes. Um, uh, I think uh, Habib could pin uh, pin the far side arm if Connor goes to post to stand up. He does that a lot, where he'll pin the far side wrist and he'll pull it to your waist. Um, and then he'll throw, uh, like, if he's on the left side of you, he'll throw left hooks. If he's on the right side, he'll throw right hooks and hammer fists and things. Um, but I think it's a unanswered strikes where the referee has to stop it. Uh, and part of that as well is because of the fatigue. I think that um, uh, Connor, if my prediction is that Connor's going to gas out, and I have to clear myself, like, be clear with that. It's like Connor doesn't have. Connor doesn't have bad cardio. He doesn't have bad cardio. He's not mentally weak. He's, you know, he's very good. He's very tough. He doesn't have bad cardio. Um, but we're, what I'm basing this off of is the fight with Chad Mendez, Floyd Mayweather, Nate Diaz. So Chad Mendez, it's because Chad Mendez is a very, very high-level wrestler. And um, thing that Connor, you know, some new fans won't realize this, but Connor McGregor, after his, I think, first fight, Dana White said he knew he was going to be a star and kind of talked and stuff. Connor's, Connor's had this persona since he started. Um, he has really willed and visualized himself and kind of spoke himself into existence, so to speak. Um, but the UFC saw him as a potential star very, very early on. And uh, there was a very good fighter that would have been a terrible matchup for Connor. That um, that the UFC, uh, when they're building stars, they they do it all the time. When they're building a star, similar to boxing, um, where the, they'll get preferable matchups, they'll line up preferable matchups because they need to build the star and the potential. Um, but Frankie Edgar was there the entire time, and a lot of the community, MMA community was you know clamoring for a Frankie Edgar matchup, and Frankie Edgar really was a logical matchup to be a number one contender, and uh, the UFC called Dennis Seaver, who was essentially, Dennis Seaver was a C or a D class um, fighter in that division at that time, and uh, and they, you know, Joey Diaz has a rant that he goes off, he says, Dennis Seaver is available, um, and he says Frankie Edgar was, you know, lurking. Frankie Edgar is a bad matchup for everybody. I don't blame the UFC for not, like, I mean, they had Yair, Yair Rodriguez that they were trying to build as well, and then they partnered, they paired him up against Frankie, Frank Edgar. Frankie Edgar is a terrible matchup for everybody. He's amazing wrestling, amazing cardio, amazing boxing, um, is super tough and has a chin where he just will not get knocked out and won't give up. He's he's one of the hardest matchups and they they messed up 
well, they, you know, not necessarily mess up, but it, they were trying to build Yair, and um, and when they fed him to Frankie, so they're they're smart with stuff. Um, and then when he did actually fight, uh, so Connor didn't really fight any really good, really really good wrestlers um, on the way on the on his come up on his rise. People don't realize that the best wrestler in the division he didn't actually compete against. And then um, he was uh, beating primarily strikers, and now we know Connor is a very, very high-level striker. He is very good. It's not, it's not hype. People used to think it was hype when he was first coming up. But um, the first matchup that he had against a really good wrestler was Chad Mendez, and Chad Mendez took him down multiple times. Connor stood up even, I think, once or twice, so that's good. And he did defend takedowns. But on top, Chad Mendez is, is a novice. On His top game is a novice compared to Habib's top game. Habib's also bigger than Chad Mendez. Um, Connor's bigger than he is now. But the thing that somebody might say, hey, um, you know, Connor did fight that good wrestler is Chad Mendez. And Chad Mendez is an amazing wrestler. But Chad Mendez, to quote Uriah Faber, his coach and training partner, um, was eating wings. And on his boat, he likes to hunt. Uh, he's, a, he's like an avid hunter. But he was on his boat, and he was hunting, and he was eating wings and drinking beer. So he was in offseason. And uh, Chad Mendez took that fight on 10 days' notice. 10 days notice okay so fighters will still train you around and they'll still be in good physical shape but getting ready for a fight um the cardio is there's a reason why training camps are 8 10 or 12 weeks long it takes a very long time to get into fight shape it is completely different than general shape you can't stay in fight shape all year round you will uh you'll you'll cause injuries because of the intensity that you have to train at um but yeah chad mendez took that fight at 10 days notice and Connor's very smart. That was a good time to get Chad Mendez. That was a good way. Connor's also very intelligent. He picks his matchups. He's already talking about fighting Anderson Silva. George St. Pierre is interested. Uh, he said he doesn't want George St. Pierre. George St. I don't blame him. George St. Pierre is not a good matchup for him. Anderson Silva is, you know, past his prime, and it's there's just. But Connor's smart. He picks his matchups. He he he's he he organizes his career. He he's done it since the very beginning, and that's the reason why he's making so much money and the reason why he's such a big star as he is. Um, now he's fighting Habib, and it's it's awesome that he's fighting Habib because it's the the true number one contender. Uh, he's also been preparing for Habib for at least two years now um, because he he knew that he was going to have to have a matchup. But yeah, yeah the Chad Mendez and, and Chad Mendez again. Um, was uh, winning the fight until, of course, he wasn't winning the fight and got taken, uh, got put out. Um, but it, Chad Mendoza was gassed out. Um, it's like once once you actually have a fight or do a tournament, imagine um, not training uh, consistently and hard and then taking it on 10 days' notice. You just, um, it's not, not what you do for a world championship fight. That's what I'll say. And then Nate Diaz uh, was partially a cardio thing as well. Floyd Mayweather's cardio thing as well. Um, what I mean by cardio, uh, people will say, that Conor McGregor doesn't have good cardio, and that's false. That's a false narrative. Conor has very good car- cardio. Car- Conor probably has amazing cardio. If he was to come into your gym, he could probably box, kickbox, and do jiu-jitsu rounds, more rounds than everybody in the gym, honestly. Um, the thing about Conor is it's not that he has bad cardio. It's, um, it's, his, it's his body. It's the type of fighter he is, the style that he has. Um, Conor, just think he's, he's a sports car. He, he's he's a sports car. He has a V12 engine. Um, th- there's no way to make that you know eco friendly or like like you know there's no way to get a V12 engine or a V10 uh, something that's super super crazy. No way to get you know 45 miles through a gallon out of it. Um, now the cool thing is that it's a it's a very fast. 
Okay, so part two of prediction, going to finish it up. Uh, just got interrupted there. Uh, apologies for that. But Connor, it's not that he has bad cardio. It's that he's a sports car, and um, and he has a very powerful engine. He's a very explosive engine, and um, he's just not, um, you know, Nate Diaz is much more of it. I mean, he, Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz do triathlons. They run marathons. Um, they swim from Alcatraz back. Um, they they that is their style there are different that's one of the cool things about fighting is that there's multiple different styles there is a there's a fast explosive style there's a marathon runner style almost like a volume style there's a there's a power pressure style there's a light fluid it's smooth there's chronic there's so many different styles um that's why you'll hear people say styles make matchups um but connor does not have bad cardio i'm not saying that at all connor i would even say that connor connor has great cardio uh he's a world-class athlete um he just the way that he fights, um, he, he spends a, a, a lot of fuel. He's just, he's just a sports car, and it's good. That's not bad that he's a sports car. Um, you know, everybody kind of chooses what they want to do. You know, you can choose if you want to be the, the fast explosive, you know, then you, then you look up a program and you train that way. If you want to be the volume, long distance, but take people into deep waters and um, make them fatigue, you know, do that. If you want to be the, the stick and move, um, if you want to be the fluid, whatever you want to do, the interesting thing is all the styles work and they, they kind of bounce around and stuff. Like some have pros and some, they all have pros and cons. Some have advantages over others, but, um, that's one of the cool things. So again, I'm not saying Connor has bad cardio. It's just, he spends a lot of fuel when he fights. Um, that's why he's so exciting and that's why he gets knockouts. Um, one of the things that happens with that is, um, you know, knockout punchers, you'll, if you were to do a chart, it'd be really cool if somebody would do a chart of this, but you could do, uh, you could do a, a chart and you could show round one, round two, round three, round four, and round five. And if you had the statistics, I'd just be willing to bet that after round two, uh, the knockout punch, um, the, the, the percentage of that happening goes down greatly. Um, round three, four, and five is much harder to get a knockout than round one or two. Um, your torque, your explosiveness, um, that's, that's dampened, especially if you, if you're forced to grapple, um, you know, George St. Pierre did this as a strategy against BJ Penn years ago, because BJ Penn had such good boxing. Uh, George actually for the first round said that his strategy was to clinch BJ and just push him up against the fence. Didn't even, wasn't even trying to finish the fight or anything like that. Just push him up against the fence. And, um, to, because he said that he wanted to, uh, fill up BJ Penn's when you're waiting lifting you'll get a pump and you know in your chest your shoulders back um grappling similar because it's so much squeezing and pushing and pulling it's almost it's grappling kind of feels like weightlifting in some ways um or like um gymnastics like on a ring or pull-ups and push-ups dips things like that um and why you want to do that is when you're boxing, you're kickboxing, you need to be loose, you need to be quick, you need to be um, be able to uh, snap a punch or a kick. And uh, he wanted to fill up BJ Penn's shoulders uh, with blood, give him a pump so it would slow him down. And uh, and he used it against BJ. And, um, and you know if you watch the fight, it seems as if that worked. Um, so that's one of the reasons why you know the punch out, the 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 knockout ability goes down more and more. Um, uh, and this energy starts to drain, uh, so it's a difficult thing. And I think that's why Connor has said in the, his press conferences that um, you know we got one prediction of Connor McGregor by decision, which you know no no prediction is bad, no prediction is stupid, um, but that could be a good prediction because Connor could um, he said in his press conference that he's prepared to go all five rounds. So maybe Connor is going to fight with a different style. Maybe he's going to fight much more uh more mobile and counter punching um you know throwing uppercuts and circling out away from the takedowns um that could happen um that has happened before where the 
you know, that, that has, that fight's happened before. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see, um, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be interesting to see what they actually think, uh, you know, what, what, what their strategies are, um, what, what actually comes down with the fight. And then even with the strategies, it's, um, it's, uh, it's in the moment as well. And you got the psychological warfare, you got the, the stress of the event. This is, you know, this is basically the Super Bowl for the UFC and, uh, yeah, it'll be really exciting. So, Fun stuff. Uh, hope you enjoyed this exercise. Again, if you pick Conor McGregor, like I don't, I like I like Habib Nurmagomedov, and I like Conor McGregor. I like both of them. I think whichever one wins, it's really cool because I like both of the fighters, and I think it's cool no matter what, however it goes. Um, but um, yeah, that's just just my prediction. Is um, that's my prediction that I have. Um, if you think Conor's gonna win, you're not wrong or anything. You're not stupid. Uh, I could very easily make a really good case for Conor winning. Um, but this is just my prediction to see um, see how it goes. So see if we can predict it. So it's gonna be exciting. Hopefully everybody enjoys it and um, see everybody at the gym on Monday, October 27th. We got a Naga, so we got a tournament coming up. So um, let's let's uh, let's get in shape. Let's get our cardio. Everybody's been training consistently, so everybody's been doing a good job. But let's bump the intensity up for uh, for the next couple weeks, so we get ready for this tournament and uh, go do do a uh, good showing. And um, again, yeah, whoever remember uh, put your message or put your prediction in. You can put it in a Facebook message, Instagram message, or text message. Um, something just so it's written down or typed down, so that they're you know not just because. It's hard to remember everything, um, so that it's down in writing, and that is for a uh, uh, new Phoenix MMA gi. I believe we're getting them in. They're going to be. I believe they arrive next week, and uh, Muay Thai shorts as well. So it's one hundred and eighty dollars. Um, it's free to enter. Again, if you um, it's free to enter one submission, and then if you're a, a subscriber to the podcast, you get three submissions. So uh, let's see. It's going to be exciting. Um, hope everybody enjoys the fight. If uh, if you're going out for watching the fight, please be safe. You know Uber. Um, be smart, all that stuff, uh, so we can see everybody on Monday and uh, enjoy the fight and have a good time. Um, yep, hope everybody liked this. Hope you enjoyed the exercise, and I uh, hope everybody really enjoys the fight. See everybody on Monday. See you.